You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia presenter and executive producer of the show, Ivan Fonti. And you're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and welcome to another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia, here on Southern FM. And on today's show, we have an exciting show. We've got a lot of guests for you today. We've got from Cairns in Queensland, Mr. Rob Vanderveen, and we have one of the champion flyers here in Melbourne, Australia. That's Mr. Michael Portelli's coming on. Rodney Main's coming on from the Dandenong Racing Pigeon Club to tell us about uh, the King Island results. Joe Halligan, he will be our new South Australian. He's moved from Melbourne to South Australia, Joe Halligan. He's going to be a new South Australian correspondent and give us all the results from the South Australian Homing Pigeon Association. And we have from Ballarat, Mr. Aaron McKay coming on. He will be our Ballarat correspondent from now on. And we better introduce our regular people here on Pigeon Radio Australia. Come closer. I want to talk to you. I'm going to tell you an astounding story. The story of the Maltese falcon. 600 years the falcon has carried the mystery of a fabulous wealth under its grotesque wing. For the Maltese falcon. Introducing, once again, to Pigeon Radio Australia, our regular and the original Maltese falcon, Tony Barbara. Hello, Tony. How are you? And welcome again to Pigeon Radio Australia. Good evening and good morning to you. Good morning to all the listeners and good morning to everybody around the world. Yeah, and good morning. And also, I have to do this for you as well. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday to you. It was your birthday on Sunday, is that right? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so happy birthday, Tony, for <laughs> Sunday, from Sunday. Because today's Wednesday, you know that, oh, don't Wednesday, you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I drank too much. 
<laughs> anyway, we better d- introduce our next regular who was who, who came back to, to Pigeon Radio last week. Folks, let's give him a warm welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia. Introducing the one and only Pigeon Racing Italian Stallion, Joe Angelino. Joe Angelino, welcome back again. I've had plenty of good comments about you being back on Pigeon Radio. A lot of people very happy with that. Hello, how are you and how you going? I'm good, mate. Good morning, good morning, Ivan, and good morning, Tony. How are we today? Morning, Joe, and... Nice to have you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank again? you very much. Thank you for luck. Yeah. I'll say it again. Thanks for having me back, gents. That's it's, right. It's uh, fantastic. Fantastic to Everybody's be back. very happy with you that you're back. Hey, I've I, saw, I saw some really good comments. I've got some text messages and no, I've had calls. phone so. calls from Taree, from Sydney, from Queensland, from Adelaide, and from all over the place. All so I can say is that everyone's happy that, that the boys are back together. The boys are back in town. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right, we've got an exciting show for you, but we're right now going to take a little musical interlude and we'll be back with you with our first guest. And right now on Pigeon Radio Australia, I'd like to start the show off with a great song that's number one on the Australian record industry charts this week on the top 50. And that's a lady that used to sing when I was a young fella back in the 80s, and that's Kate Bush. Running up the hill, a deal with God, here on Pigeon Radio Australia. And we'll be back after this with uh, Rodney Main and some results from around Australia. So let's listen to Kate Bush.
all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484 340. 551 Southern FM sponsor Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons in a health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035981000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor When everything keeps changing It's hard to know how to feel So if the last couple years have left you with mixed emotions You're not alone Search Beyond Blue Coronavirus for free tools, support, or to have a chat today. Hi, Craig Lowndes here. As a professional driver, safety is my highest priority. At the Australian Road Safety Foundation, we believe every single road user has the power to be the change they want to see on the road. And that starts well before getting behind the wheel. With road trauma being the biggest killer of kids aged 1 to 14 and the second biggest of those under 25. I'm urging teachers, parents and students to visit roadset.com.au and get started on their own educational journey today. Hi there, it's me, Graham the Garden Gnome. If you want to know everything about where I live in your garden, listen in to Molly's Blooming Hour every Saturday at 4pm, only here on 88.3 Southern FM. <laughs> This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Travel the world, musically speaking, from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto, from the Colosseum to the Pyramids, from the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ.
listening to Pigeon Radio Australia. On 88.3, Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the original and only devoted Racing Pigeon radio program in the entire world, and that is Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is pigeonmedia.com.au, and the Southern FM website is southernfm.com.au and you can get us also on this address and we've put this address up to promote pigeon racing as a sport in Australia and that's pigeonsports.net you can find Pigeon Radio Australia at pigeonsports.net Pigeon Radio Australia's weekly Australian pigeon racing results. And on the line right now, we have Rodney Main from the Dandenong Racing Pigeon Club to give us the results and how the uh, last race they had for King Island went this season. Rodney Mayne, hello and welcome back to Pigeon Radio Australia. Yeah, good day, fellas. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Good, good, good. Good. So tell us, how did the go? How did the race go? And, um, yeah, what was the result? Look, I think it was a fairly surprising result given the weather. Um, I couldn't believe the way the results went. Um, but, but it's fantastic to see. Um, Charlie Gretsch up north cleaned us up, which was... Uh, Really good. Charlie's been a good supporter of the King Island races every year. Um, Tony's was, Tony Maslowski got second, and Huey Tran down at uh, Springvale got third. Um, re- returns were absolutely fantastic. Uh, birds were a little bit slower than what we expected, but yeah, all in all, a very, mm. very good race. Oh, very good, mate. How far, how, how far behind were you, mate? <laughs> Me, I was about 20 minutes off the pace, mate. Oh, so. you shouldn't have given that extra bit of seed, mate. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, no, we, um, you know, there, there was um, a lot of west in the wind. I think us guys down here in Dandenong sort of thought we would probably do pretty well, but no, we uh, we were very, very well and truly cleaned up. So it was, yeah, which is good. And there was some, I heard there were some new flies that got some, that got a positions in the race as well. Yeah, look, um, some of the uh, guys from up in the northern northern suburbs, um, I, I might struggle with a little bit of the pronunciation, but a guy whose last name is Innocencio, he flew very well in both King Islands. He won the um, that section last week and he got fourth overall this week. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, no, very, very oh, well, well done. Well and, done. And what, and what was he, what was his reaction to the? Was he very happy with that? Oh yeah, they're no, absolutely wrapped, mate. Yeah, no, really wrapped. Oh, so, that's fantastic. No, we had a, a fair bit of support from from those guys up around that area, and it was it was really good. So mm. yeah, I think I think you had few less flies because they didn't think the weather was suitable. But uh, you know, um, you're going to have another King Island Series Cup Cup day, is that right? Um, that's definitely not definitely not confirmed. It has been discussed. Okay. But, yeah, just, Definitely not confirmed. So, yeah. Uh, if there was enough interest, I think we would. Yeah. Oh well. I really thought, uh, to be honest, that the winner was going to be somewhere down there where you you guys were. Oh, 100%. percent. And the funny thing is, it's a pity. It's a pity that someone, a few flies over that side, didn't fly. Not not for any other reason. Look, if I. If I was living over that side, I probably wouldn't have put them in either. But it would have been interesting if they did now mm. to see to see to what see, would happen. Yeah, to see where they actually would have clocked. I mean, the first bird in the clock is in Springvale, mm. and yet and yet the winner is is way up the top. It, it was well, well longer, longer, and, and all our birds down this end all came back out of the north, which was which was very strange. So, but mm. anyway, mm. Mm. better luck next time. <laughs> no, that's all right, mate. I like the fish. Yeah, I like hey, can I, did you get, a, get them both home, mate? Yeah, got them both home. Oh, nice. Um, Way far apart. Uh, mine was nearly an hour apart, but yep. most people either got their two together or within half an hour and stuff. So, uh, nice, nice, yeah. nice. Um, look, I hardly know of a pigeon that was dropped in, e- in either race. Beautiful. No, that's good. All this one. So. Yeah, even, even whenever I've raced it, good returns. The returns are because good. they put the birds in an aviary over there on King Island and the birds are looked after properly. Yeah? Before they get released, they get a good drink and whatever, yeah? Yeah, good drink and a good feed and stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, it's all good. Actually, so. I think they're in a... In a, no, they go in an aviary, don't they, Rodney? They, they, get, they go in a, in a specially built unit. Oh, yeah. in a unit. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, too good, mate. Too good. Um, we definitely will hear you hear from you um, throughout the year, I guess. And um, yeah, like I said, yeah, no, look. absolutely. No, I'd, yeah. No, well, if he wins feds, mate. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> if he wins feds, it's not a wally. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's about 100 to 1 chance, but anyway. <laughs> oh, come on. Hey, 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 Rodney, I'll tell you something. Get Donna in the loft. Yeah, no, she does all right, mate. Don't worry about that. Yeah, that's no. right. You need a woman's touch, mate, and you win feds. You, Tony, you, that's what Tony you says. To the, you wait to the 10 bird series starts, mate. She's going to have a grizzled team in that. So. Oh, good on her. That's going to be good. We'll keep an eye on that. Hey, hey. we will, yeah. We'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right, all right my friend. Rodney, thanks very much for being on the program once again, and uh, we'll no. catch up with you, mate. No okay, worries, say man. hello to Donna, and have a good night. All right, mate. See ya. This is 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And right now on the line for Pigeon Radio Australia, we have our new Ballarat correspondent who is one of the best flyers in Ballarat, and that's Mr. Aaron McKay. Hello, Aaron, and welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia. G'day, guys. How you going? Fine, mate. Very good. How are you? Yeah, going good, thanks. It's a bit cold up here, but we're going all right. Yeah, <laughs> Ballarat, yeah. Hello, Aaron. <laughs> Hey, you going, mate? Good. Yeah, so um, tell us, have you been tossing the birds or what, mate? 
Uh, due to the weather up here, mate, it's been uh, very ordinary weather the last couple of weeks up here, so we haven't, haven't had much of a chance to get out. I've, I've been out uh, once in the last two weeks, yeah. and I had a, a bit of a dicey toss, like the weather closed in as soon as I put them up, which I knew it was going to, yep. um, but they come through reasonably well, picked up a few the next day, so it turned out a good toss, a good hard toss, So yep. and I was happy with the overall return, so that was good. Oh, that's good. We all have one of we all have those tosses anyway, you know? Yeah, so, I was sort of, I was, yep. Yeah, no, that's it. Very good. So you're going to be the correspondent for Ballarat, um, Bendigo and Colac. Yeah, yeah, I'll do the results for all those guys, mate. Not a problem that'll at be, all. That'll be awesome. Mm. That'll be awesome. So, so yeah. tell us how this eventuated Colac and Bendigo and everything. So due to a lot of the uh, smaller combines and um, clubs and stuff getting smaller, uh, we've decided to ask a couple of other combines and feds to come on board with us as we've got the room and we're heading up on the northwest line this year up through Mildura. So uh, Colac have been coming with us for the last few years. Um, and we've got Bendigo on board this year, which is great to see also. Very good. Um, so they'll have their own liberations for the earlier part of the year up to 200. Uh, but no, they're on their own up to 400 miles and from 400 miles right through to the 600 we'll all go together. They'll all go up as one. So we like we said, we're spread out from Colac to Bendigo. So there's roughly 200 and probably 220 k's distance overall. So, yeah. So are the results going to be together as well? Uh, pretty certain. They will probably from 400 miles on. What they'll do is they'll have an overall result and plus we'll have our own combine results. So Ballarat will have their own combine results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bendigo will have their own combine results as well as Kylie. But I'm sure someone will come up with a, an overall. So well, it'll, be like, it'll, be, it'll be like flying sections. Yeah, you have a Ballarat yeah. section, a That's Bendigo awesome. section and a Kylie section. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Mate. Really I look good. forward to it actually. It was oh, good. That'll be good. You've got more cover, more birds. That's awesome. Yeah, once you release 100%, mate. And it makes it cheaper. It makes it cheaper for yeah, all of us, that's what um, which is really good. That's so good. How many, how many flies in Ballarat now? We've got 33 this year. Oh, this well, that's year. good. 33 it's signed up. It's, yeah. it's improved a little bit. I remember when I was down there, we had 100 flies. Hey, talking about Ballarat, yeah. talking about Ballarat, I want to give a special a good friend of mine in Ballarat a hello. And... Uh, and that's Jeff Johnson. Oh. Jeff, oh, how's it, buddy? Here. Jeff Johnson. The barber. Yeah, Jeff, the, barber yeah, the barber, man. Yeah. yeah, Jeffrey's still going along. He Is hasn't it? got pigeons anymore, but he's always no. uh, always around the pigeon blokes. Yeah, he's yeah. always very interested and keen to see the results and stuff. Uh, mm. he's, he's, he's a legend, I'll tell you. He, the, I, when I speak to him, he tells me these stories. And, no, he oh, can, my God. He can spin a yarn on that one. So good. Oh, you go, yeah, in, there, so you go good. in there for a haircut and you leave about two hours later. Yeah, you know, top bloke, top bloke. And, yeah. Hello to Joe Spateri too. He's um, yeah, he's another fr- friend of ours. From he moved from Werribee to de- yeah to Ballarat there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so, up here. Yeah. Yep. So um, yeah. Look, it's going to be good to have you on uh, on the show every week. And I heard a little rumor that you're the man to beat. Uh, mate, it's very competitive up here, actually. Very competitive. Mate, I'm struggling to win myself, believe it or not. We've got some bloody top flies up here now. Oh, they're all God. reeling me in, mate. But uh, I heard, this is what I heard, Ivan. This is what I heard. I heard yeah. this, uh, there's, a, there's certain blokes, or there's a bloke, yeah. he goes, you know what? I'm here. Yeah. I'm here to beat Aaron McKay. And how good is that? When someone says that, obviously, that's a good thing. Be you must be that. talking to Jay Ferguson. Oh, no comment. 
Yeah, Jay's very competitive. He's, he's, he's telling people that, actually. There you I've go. heard that from a few people myself, which is really good for the sport, actually. Yeah, of course, it's I good. it's great. It's you making know. me more motivated that's, to do better. Exactly. So that's exactly. good. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. make him earn it anyway. Exactly. Now, talking about Jay Ferguson, I've seen a few advertising things going up on Facebook about some race called the Gold Rush Race. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I could tell you a little bit about the Gold Rush Race. So that's run by the Ballard Invitation Home and Club, which is uh, my club and Jay's club. And mm. um, it's been um, – this was put forward by Jay. He wants to – come up with some he's got some fantastic ideas mm. and he's come up with a gold rush race which is three overall three races within one race so what what it is is the rings are 70 dollars each or i think it is 10 for 700 i could be yeah, you know you're right that. correct yeah i was and, looking at uh, that yeah that's correct yeah so they've got three race points which um geez now you might be testing me i'm pretty certain it's all on the northwest line up through mildura anyway okay which is up through coomba i think it might be mildura coomba broken hill uh-huh um and each race is going to be worth i think twelve thousand dollars first prize true that's I all right it was. That's yeah really good. That's yeah really good. so so the birds with them rings on can go to every one of those races and win every one of those races if they're good enough. True. So it's, it's, it's something different. Yeah. We look forward to it. Yeah. Um, it's not going to happen this year or next year. It's going to happen in 2024. True. Yeah. So, look, we've got a bit of time to get it all get it all right. Yeah. Um, and get it all out there and advertise it. So, But anyway, you've of, been putting the, the uh, flyers up there on Facebook and then a lot of people are asking questions. What's yeah. going on? What's this? You know, so there's already interest. Yes, that's good, mate. Now that's where that's where it, it becomes a race where your advertisement. Everyone's about your advertisement these days, especially with pigeons. Yeah, if it's advertised properly, yeah, and and due to social media and on the radio show, mm. then it's got a very good chance of taking off. Mm. Better better than anywhere, you know what I mean? Mm. So, Aaron, yeah. you, know, you know yourself, mate. We all know as soon as you dangle a bit of the carrots, mate, everyone's <laughs> yep. eyes go, oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, they turn into rabbits. They turn into rabbits. Where's yep. that carrot? <laughs> yeah, which is so, good. No, Jay's yeah. doing a very good job with this race. He's, he's, he's been up in Sydney for Ken Marshall's sale. And yeah. he's he's got a jumper and he's got it printed on the jumper and he's he's strutting around like a rooster up there and sitting here with it all on, <laughs> showing all the boys. So cool. no, nah, he's, he's he's doing really well with that. He's doing awesome. We're, we're going to back him up 100 percent and try and get it off the ground oh, and make it you. bigger and better than ever. Did good you want to give any of the, anyone a shout out down there before we go, mate? Yeah, got to give a shout out, Barry Marshall. Barry's. Uh, He's a champion. He's an older fella. Uh, he's been around for a long time. I know time, Barry. Mate. I know Barry. I rate very Barry. Well. The best long distance. This is only my my opinion. The best long distance country flyer in Victoria. Yeah, mm-hmm. long distance flyer. Absolute champion, bloke. Barry is very quiet. Achiever. He doesn't say. Is he much. still over there in Dalesford or are we? Is he... uh, no, he's in. Uh, he's Brown Hill. Oh, he's I'm Brown Hill lived now. in Dalesford. Yeah, yeah. He's family and all that are from Dalesford. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, nah, just Baz and. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and young Shane Guzman also. Just would like to mention, guys, we've got a lot of new flies over here this year. We've got about five or six new guys. Nice, and that's um, what you want. yeah, which is awesome because it's, it's as we all know, it's we get small and we don't get bigger. We got uh, we have five or six new guys in our club. That's young fantastic. Shane Guzman from Orsham, yeah, he's going to be great. a champion. Champion flies a good young guy. Mm. He listens and he's he's learning very fast. He's going to be very competitive. Also, Shane Nan. 
another new fly, never raced before. Yeah. Um, he's yeah, coming up in leaps and bounds. He's going very happy with the birds. Yeah. He's tossing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got um, Ben Scott from Dalesford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's in a bugger of a place. He's out of Kamura, just out of oh, Dalesford. Oh, my he's goodness. In the middle of the state. So you're, get, you're getting the Dalesford flies back again, yeah? Yeah, yeah. That's we've got good. Uh, very good. Yeah, we've got young Ben. We've got also Jay Ferguson. Um, yeah, so we've got and a few only got one young fella that I went to see, and I, I was very impressed with his setup. And he told me he's only just, he's not, he hasn't been racing for long. That's Daniel Lynch. Oh, yeah, young Daniel Lynch. Yeah, this is the second year flyer. Yeah, young Daniel and um, and uh, uh, Mick. And, and Mick, yeah, they race partnership. Yeah, yeah they're going to be good flyers. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I went, I went into their backyard and because I had to deliver some birds they bought from the children's hospital sale. And, yeah. um, yeah, I was very impressed from him being a, a new flyer. The setup and everything was excellent. Yeah, they got look. They've had a lot of. They got some good helpers up there. That have been helping them young boys, which is always good to see. You got to help the, the the young guys and the new guys. Mm. Get them very very confident. And and these guys are, are already given us older blokes a run for our money. Them guys in their first year <laughs> flying last year. Mm. So uh, they're going to be even even. Tougher competitors this year. You'll again. have to lift your game, Aaron. What's oh, going? I do. Yeah, hundred <laughs> ah, percent on that, good. mate. Yeah. I'm trying. Over <laughs> Fonte. Yeah, you lived in Ballarat. It's not oh, easy to race in Ballarat. Oh no, it's not easy to race in Ballarat. Huh? I was in Ballarat North, and I tell you what, the Falcons up there, and some of the things I saw when we were tossing in clunes and everything. I made this. There's some stories I could tell you. I tell yeah. you. Nothing's changed. I haven't. Nothing's <laughs> yeah. changed, mate. I tell you. This, mate, this. I, I, one day we went up there to toss pigeons up at clunes, and we had goshawks in the unit. Oh no! Yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, there's, a, there's a residential oh, pair there, and yeah, then oh listen, yeah, I know. Listen, and 4K down the road, there's another pair. Oh, oh. And, uh, yeah, and I, hey, listen to this one. I was waiting for birds and it was snowing, oh, right? Yeah. And Amanda come out into the backyard and yeah. I'm standing there in front of the loft and she looked up in the air and she goes to me, move! And I go, why? She just, she says, I'll just tell you, move! And I moved to the left and this goshawk come and slammed right into the loft. If I didn't move, he would have slammed into me. You're kidding. <laughs> no. What's that? serious. There's plenty of them buggers up here. There's plenty of them up here. I know. They're, they're fierce up there, the goshawks. Gee. Yeah, if I leave me birds out for an open loft, guaranteed... They will come. They mm. come straight over the yeah. top of the roof, straight on top oh, of them. Yeah, I, take, I take my hat off to you all the You reckon we've got like... falcons here, they're bad. You go yeah. up there and look at the yeah. gospel. No, no I take true. my hat off to like Ballarat, <laughs> to Maryborough, Clunes and Colac and all yeah. that. Even, yeah. even Sydenham and... Um... And those poor blokes that were racing in the Dalesford Club, geez, they yeah. used to get bashed every day. <laughs> Wallen, they still do. Wallen, they're everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. we cry when one or two come around here. Yeah. You guys get them all the time. <laughs> every, just about every day, oh, guys. Every since day. January, I've been belted. Oh. Oh, I'm touch wood. The last two weeks, I've only been hit once around the lot. But I think they've moved on. They do it every year. They come in the end of Jan, mm. and they're here every day till we start tossing. And I think oh, they go out the bush again. And ah, buggers. You know, Rob Vanderveen. Yeah, no, yeah, Rob from Upper yeah, Cairns. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we just had him on, and um, he goes. 
Jeez, how many times did I get hit last year? Was it 50? Yeah, yeah, 50, 50, 50 yeah, times. Yeah. He goes, yeah. he goes, oh, yeah. yeah so, yeah, and we, and we, 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 we,
Um, fourth was Vranek P. Uh, he was doing 16-19. Fifth was Devries H. He's doing 16-13. Sixth was Roberts GNS. They were doing 16-07. Seventh was Wayne Griffiths. He's flying well, Wayne, over at the moment. Mm. He uh, 16-06. Uh, Harrox and Seaboff were eight. Mm-hmm. They, they were 1592. Um, ninth was Tunbridge and Agar. They were doing 1583. And tenth was Agar A, 1581. So that was the first race. That was Warner Town, the top ten. Mm. And what's the distance of that one? 194k. Okay. Gee, that yeah. was a quick one, wasn't it? 1600. Congratulations to all. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they. they, they there's a bloke, the blokes over here trying to get into it, but the weather's been a bit disastrous too. It hasn't really been happening. No. Yeah, that's the same here too. Down yeah. here well, we get their weather after them, yeah? Yeah, so that's, that's yeah exactly. Yeah. Keep it there, Joe. Yeah. Don't yeah, oh, no, 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 I'm trying to get rid of it. Hey, let's take it to Johnny Mifsud's backyard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got the second race up, boys. Um, no. All right, it's that was 197... Kilometres, that was from Peruna. There was 76 flies and uh, 1,199 birds. Uh, nice. First first place was Alan, Alan V and daughters, granddaughters. He was doing 1,053. Congratulations. Um, second was Nell Family. They were doing 1,049. Third was Abby Lofts. He was doing 1,047. Mm-hmm. Fourth was Bulk BNS. Uh, they were doing a thousand thirty-one, and fifth was Harris GNL. He was doing a thousand and twenty-four. Uh, sixth was Marsh. More on that, Marsh. It is with Andrew Werther, Flying Partnership. Uh, a thousand and nineteen. Seventh was Marquis Thai. He was doing a thousand, and eighth was Abbott Lee Abbott and Son. Doing 991. Ninth was Magro and Magro and Lit. They were doing 991. And Andrew Marsh and Backwards. There's a lot of blokes over fly teams. And they were doing 981. That rounds out the 10 in that race. Mm. So, and uh, yeah, the, 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 means the returns are being pretty spread too. They're getting them through, but they're just not, not bolting like. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, well, that that seemed like a harder race back down yeah. to the thousand velocities, thousand. wasn't it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're, they're stiffening up. Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely, uh, you know, and yeah, it's a, that's the difference. Is you got it like the, the leaders are like doing over a thousand, then they just drop. Yeah, yeah, I can see that yeah. in the results. So the, what they have a headwind, did they? Um, I think they raced. Yeah, I went to one of the black fellas in my club. Was on racing in the Gawler Club. And um, I went down to watch his birds come home, and they were racing. It was a north, it was a southwest wind, yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was pushing across, so it was pushing the birds around towards Gawler, and then around the, along the side yeah. of the mountains. Yeah. So all the yeah. yeah, so it was doing that. So all right, so I've got the third race, which was yep. this weekend. It yep. was Sterling North, two hundred and eighty kilometres. Jeez, they jump them up there, don't they? Yeah, 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 they, they do, they don't muck around. And then <laughs> no, there were 109 flyers, 2,193 birds. Nice. Gee, that's a good one. 
yeah, so they certainly having a bit of a go at this one. Mm. Uh, first was Wayne Griffiths. He was doing 1,054. Second was uh, John Cock, I think it is. Or Jay Cock, anyway, yep. He was doing 1,051. Third was Stencil, K&H. They were doing 1,050. Fourth was Korea, V. He was doing 1,050. Fifth, you'll know this name, Fred Demelia. Oh, yes. 1,048. Six was Aquilina D and Sun. They're flying a good pigeon, too. Mm. 1,048. Uh, seventh, Devries H. Doing 1,048. And eighth was Brockenshire D. Doing 1,043. Ninth was Saberton and K and Jeffries T. 1,043. And tenth was Harper J and C. 1,042. Now, that was the top ten in that race. Mm. Oh, well done to all. Yeah, well done. And that was a race to win with all those birds going up the track. Yeah, it certainly was. Mm. Um, I'd like to say, well, Ronnie, I'd just like to say a big well, um, congratulations to Jamie Williams from our club. He's only a flyer that's been in Pigeons for, I think he said he's raced for about, uh, been in Pigeons for about six years, but he had a, he lived on a farm previous to where he is now and he mm. could not even get a pigeon home from a race. True. So he stuck it out to there. He's moved to Gawler, and he won the club, and he's flying a good pigeon. Oh, so, congratulations, mate. Congratulations. Yeah, no, nice young bloke, and, uh, yeah, good on him, you know. Well, we'll have to get him on the radio one day for a chat. Yeah, no, you, you, I think you'll love a chat too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, very Too good. good. So that was that, that race there, guys, and, yeah, so that, that, that's the first three races they've had here. So, um, uh, yeah. Very good. All and, right. Good chatting with you, Joe, and like I said, we'll, we'll chat with you every week, and uh, yeah, you're a correspondent now, so uh, yeah. fantastic. We'll find out what's going on in South Australia. Yeah, I, um, I think, I think you, you're going to get in trouble if you don't do this, Joe. What's that, mate? I think you better give somebody a shout-out in Maidstone. Uh, big, big Johnny Mipson, eh? <laughs> big Johnny Mipson. Yeah. Uh, he's listening because he'll be going, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I Kenny, told him today, know. I said, I went for a toss. He said, you idiot. I said, what are you doing about it? He goes, mate, the weather's bad. I said, look, I'm not like you, mate. You're yeah, going to sit on your stop Oh, that is funny. <laughs> I, spoke, I, spoke, I spoke to Martin Banana. He said he's going to help him, I think. So, <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, yeah. They're going to go partnership. They're going to go partnership. Oh, my goodness. Imagine tossing with those two. Good on you, Miffy. All right, mate. Hey, well done. Okay, Joe, talk to you soon, mate. Great to have you on the show and uh, welcome to the show. Yeah. Nah, mate. Well done, guys. And um, keep it up. And, yeah, I'll do what I can for you over here and uh, see how we get it. No worries, mate. It's good to hear your voice anyway. You too, guys. All right. Thanks, mate. 88.3 Southern FM. And right now on Pigeon Radio Australia from the top end of Australia, from Cairns in Australia, we have our new correspondent from that area, and that's Mr. Rob Vanderveen. Hello, Rob, and welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia. Hello, guys. G'day, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. Yourself? Good, thanks. Good. That's the way. Uh, now, have you kicked off your season up there, have you? Yeah, we have. Um, but it's been a bit turbulent, mate, eh? Yeah. Uh, had a lot of rain in... Um, we kick off in May, so... But the wet seemed to stick around. Mm. 
uh, so preparations for you know tossing and the likes when weren't really good, eh? Couldn't get out much. That was a big problem for yeah. us. Mm. So then when we when we started the season, so um, it was still it was still humid. You know, like eighty percent. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Eighty percent. Gee, and that is that yeah. humidity in your lofts as well. Yeah, it's Gee. everywhere, right? Eh? Pigeons yeah, don't just... like eighty percent humidity. That's for sure. So you'd be uh, drinking a few yeah. cans up there, eh, buddy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> water, mate. Water. 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 Yeah, the gold water. Is it the gold water? <laughs> it's good. Good on you, mate. It's not the best um, terrain, really, up here. You know what I mean with that sort of weather. Gee, it'd be hard. Not... It'd be very hard to manage the birds in the loft. Is it? Is it? It really... is. Yeah. You get the birds going around the loft in that sort of weather. Oh. Uh, they, they eventually sort of, I think they get used to it a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just got to go steady, steady. You can't really push them too hard, I don't no. think. You know, especially if the humidity is sticking around. And, I mean, it's sort of hard because the lofts don't dry out or the, the droppings don't want to dry out. No, so that's right, yeah. It's, it's always that moist. And you're in there trying to clean and um, you just start to sweat all the time and it's just like, oh, you know. You want to read out yeah. a couple of the results? You, you, how many races have you had? Sorry, three, yeah, or two? Yeah, we raced today. Yeah. Um, so um, it was a bit of a, a rough old race. We jumped up to um, air. I took the bird, so I drove there yesterday. I come back today. So I'm a little bit tired. Um, but young Aaron um, picked up the win. Good on you, Aaron. Uh, yeah, so he, he did really good, and I, I got uh, second so Ooh. I think the, the part time was 55 seconds on that. Jeez, so that was close. Very close. I've been, mm. been well chasing done, him the last few weeks. Eh? And Next week. Stan. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Eh? Stan <laughs> Murray got picked up third place. Well done, Stan. Um, so his, his part time was uh, 1 minute and 20. So, um, yeah, close. yeah, Yeah, that's right. It's It's been pretty close flying. But, you know, it's... It's a really long channel, Cairns, you know. It's like, it's really, you don't get, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but you sh- you've got the ocean on one side, the range on the other, and the birds just flying up the coast. So all your lofts are like one, two, three, four, five, all the way along, you know what I mean? Yes, so it makes, yes. makes life difficult. If we could fly from the ocean, mm. that'd be great because you just have a big front. Mm. Um, when we go west, um it's a little different, but you still got this big range. They've got to try and work their way through. Mm. And I think, you know, the GPS we've been using, um, the rings have been, the data's been interesting, actually. Um, so it shows, you know, the birds are getting up nearly a kilometre high to get over the, um, the hills and that. And then it takes out a lot of velocity, obviously, because they're going up, they're slow, and mm. then they're going down. And you sort of wonder why they're doing that mm. as opposed to sort of, taken an easier route but you know they do what they do like today we stole there was a few birds we're not assuming this is just one but the ring on just the one bird but so it or they look like they took over a lot of water today so which is not usually what we see so and some strange business at the release sites a lot you know the birds are going and they're turning around and they're doing funny circles and Yeah, yeah. falcons have been getting bad up here, like over the years, like mm. here, like around the loft last year. I think I got hit about fifty, just over fifty times. Oh but, um, my god! <laughs> yeah, this year's not. This year's been better, so it varies. But 
just along the coast, there's plenty of cliff rock, and, and there's quite a few of them, I think. And, and each year, you just I know the south route gets, gets getting harder every year. Obviously, the humidity plays a little bit of part, but oh. you know, we have cool days too, and um, you know, you get issues, especially when it's there's no other excuses. Like we had about 111 birds going, oh. so I left the site and I was 15 minutes away from the release site, and I looked to my left and I saw about half of our birds cross the road and head towards Cairns. They were, they were our birds. Uh, the GPS is exactly the time that I saw them across the road. But where were the other half? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were missing. That was 15 minutes from the release site. So I um, don't know what, 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 what happened there, you know. so um, Well, they could have got hit by Falcon and went down. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, it's hard to explain it, but... Mm. You know, with the, with the rings, it's, it's it's interesting to have a look at, but there's some some random stuff happens though that you, you, we never sort of thought was going on. And then when you see the maps and the heights, and you got pigeons next minute they're in a tree and they're sitting there for two hours, mm. and they take off and then they go a kilometre and then they hit another tree and they stay there for two hours. That's and, usually falcons. Yeah, when usually is. dropping into trees. Yeah. That's right, yeah. and uh, so it just, just just keeps on occurring. So it's just this year's um, could be fairly short, I think. So it's yeah. one of those things, eh? Yeah. So um, things go good, and then things don't. Then you sort of go, oh, "What happened there?" You know? Mm. Yeah. Do the flyers over there mainly fly the old type of birds, or do you have these new imports over there? And do they do any? Um, yeah, there's a bit of mix. Like we've got one flyer there who who uses he just loves his van loon, so he just flies those. I've got a bit of mixture with mine there um, I've got a lot more import in them now than I used to like I've got a mixture of like Boshua Kruger Kusters uh, some Van Loon hand scene and um, some of the Dave um, Van Hell stuff you know the Koopman Huben type of birds yep a little bit of Mulem in there and obviously I've got some birds off Willie Thiel the Tiger Grizzles and the Blacks so I sort of use a cross section of those birds uh, got a new flyer up here Mickey he's Got all imports, I think, a lot of Vanderbocks. He's racing them at the moment. So he's given them a try and see how they go. Mm. Um, Rob, did you want to read out the other results? Because you raced. Uh, two, how many races have you had? Two or three? Last week we did Rolling Stone. Yeah. So that was um, that was about what was that? Two thirty nine, two hundred thirty nine k's. Yeah. Um, so Aaron picked up a win on that one again, and that I good was job. yeah, he's doing all right. Don't tell me you got said, second. Yeah, I got second. <laughs> oh, no. Twelve seconds, he beat me by. Oh, so, no. <laughs> they, uh, you know what? They, Joe Angelino's been there. You're the bridesmaid. Oh, you know, you know. I've had like something like ten seconds. Or yeah, something. Oh, but. No, he's you know he's third year, so he's doing well, which is good. And Tom, another good new on. one, picked up a picked up a third on that one. And then we had what did we have? We had another Rolling Stone, and we had. Aaron pick up he was picked up a win there. We had Stan Murray who flies fairly well. He was um fifteen seconds away from picking it up. Ooh, but then close. I got the third, yeah. So I was a minute thirty behind. Okay. Yeah. Um so that was pigeon rolling pie, stuff. Pigeon pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we had what do we have? Cardwell. Um so that was a bit shorter obviously. Distance was 
145. Stan Murray won that race. Aaron was second. I was third. Um, and that that were the races we were having most of the problems with. Yeah, these shorts, okay. those short ones. Okay. They, yeah, hammers. And we had Cardwell Range. So we had a few different little races there in Triple Crown, Five Birder. But on the mass, it was. I got picked up a win on that, and there was Graham hey, White. Well done. Yeah. Well done. And so um, I got a third. And then we had Cardwell Range. So that was Stan, Aaron. Um, I ended up fifth on that one. So uh, I dropped the bowl, mate. Too many oh. peas. <laughs> peas? <laughs> Who feeds peas? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. I think peas as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, good. Yeah. Um, we haven't had a lot of races, but, um, yeah, next week we're jumping out to Bowen, which is another uh, 100 or something Ks, I think. Yeah. yeah. Then we're going to have a lay week, and then we'll get the 500, and we'll probably have the derbies on that one, and that'll probably see us through. It's going to be good to have you on board anyway, to be our correspondent. No, right. Cans and yeah. Um, yeah, we'll speak to you every week, mate, all right? No, that's uh, all good, mate, great, not great a problem. Chatting, great chatting with you. No worries, Joe. Right. thanks, Ivan. Yep, thanks, mate. All right. Southern FM. And right now, we have to break for the Southern FM National Radio News, and we'll be back after the news with a really in-depth interview with one of the top flyers in Melbourne, Australia. That's Michael Portelli. You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? Jab him, jab him, jab him, grab him, stop that pigeon now! You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the original and only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address for Pigeon Radio Australia is pigeonmedia.com.au and pigeonsports.net. Net, that's a new address that we have to promote pigeon racing as a sport with Pigeon Radio Australia. And the Southern FM website is southernfm.com.au. And don't forget to go and join our group on Facebook, the Racing Pigeon Global, which now boasts 110,000 members of people that love pigeon racing and racing pigeons from all over the world and that's the facebook group called the racing pigeon globe and right now on the line here on pigeon radio australia we have one of the champion flyers in melbourne australia and that's michael portelli hello michael how are you and welcome back to pigeon radio australia g'day ivan g'day joe g'day tony how are you all fantastic mate fantastic and yourself yeah, not too bad, buddy. Not bad. That's the way. That's the way. Well, before we start, how's everything going with the birds and all that, Mick? All good? Yeah, good, mate. So far, so good. Anyway, haven't lost too many, which is good. That's a fa- that's um, fantastic. Yeah, a bit. I'm probably um, haven't been really pushing them too hard, so. Um, Still another three weeks to go, so I'll get them where they need to be. That's, that's the main it. thing. That's it. And that's how's Al- how's Allison, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Still having a few little issues, but uh, yeah, getting there. Getting it. Getting there. Getting there. Tell her we said hello, please. 
Will do, mate. Thank you. Will do. Thank you. All right, let's kick it off with. Uh, we'll, uh, I've got a, some questions that I'm sure everybody would love to uh, just have a listen and. Yeah, with all the experience that you've got with pigeons. So we'll start with, uh, so how did you get into pigeon uh, pigeon racing and when did you start? Jeez, when did I start? I was about I was about uh, one and a half years old and I think the first thing I said was pigeons. So that's probably when I started with pigeons. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so now I've had, uh, my dad used to race uh, when I was a kid, well, just for a, about a year or two because unfortunately they'd come back, come over from overseas from Malta not long in in the, in the mid middle sixties and um, had five, four kids at the time and uh, it was pretty tough and Dad didn't drive so it was pretty tough to race pigeons but um, we always had pigeons and always had birds as as a lot of Maltese people do and um, yeah look when I was about fifteen or sixteen I um, was pretty keen on racing and um, always spent a lot of time with the birds and encouraged me Dad to start racing so I think. Uh, started around about 1980 was the first year I started. Um, I think I was about 16 odd years old, and uh, yeah, been been addicted to it since. So um, yeah, it's a beautiful sport and um, a challenge, as you all you guys all know. And the good thing with pigeon racing is it doesn't matter. You know, you could be rich, poor, in between. It, it's nothing really sort of buys the pigeon sport. You have to be um, dedicated very dedicated to them, you know, put your time and effort into them and, and anybody's um, able to do well. You're absolutely right, mate. And you hit it, you hit the nail on the head. It is very addictive. Yeah, look, I've been doing it for, like I say, I've been doing it for 40-odd, 42-odd years and I still get the same buzz pretty much. As soon as I come home from anywhere, the first place I'm going is the backyard. So it still draws me to them all the time. And, it, it, yeah, it never, never seems to really change. I've, I've loved them. Like I say, my whole life, and um, even though it's you know forty years of racing, um, on Saturday I kept telling myself, you know, calm, be calm, and all the rest of it, and um, try to sit down quietly there with a the fan, <laughs> wait for a bird to come. But I tell you what, when that first pigeon comes, it's still like a switch goes off, and um, the lunatic in me comes out, and um, <laughs> neighbours probably, probably think, what the hell's wrong with this guy? But um, no, nah, look, it's a great sport; it always has been, and um, I've enjoyed it immensely. I've actually been at your place a few times and I just, I love the way your birds respond to you. You know, they're all over you and, you know, they're just, they're unreal. It's unbelievable. Even your oh, fantail, oh, even your oh, fantail, oh, what you did with your fantail. He said, Joe, have a look at this. You're at, you're up down the end of the uh, backyard, you throw it up and boom, lands right in the landing board. And you and I said, nah, that's a fluke. And you did it about two, three times. <laughs> Same <laughs> spot, Ivan. Tony, yeah, I've, got, I've actually, I've I've actually still got that poor old fantail. She's a uh, 2009 model and uh, she's probably been, literally probably been thrown up oh, millions of times because I get the birds down every day and I've had other fantails, but they do my head in. I spend more time chasing them around trying to catch them than, than anything else. But with her... We're a bit like you've seen, wherever she lands, I can pick her up from, you know, wherever she lands. And I can throw it, I can throw it quite, yeah, I can throw it quite high. So on, you know, even when I'm pulling them down around the loft, you know, if I've got 70, 80 hens flying around the loft and when it's time to get them down, I, you know, I'll throw that fantail high and she'll drag down 20, 30 pigeons in one shot, you know, so. How good uh, is that? Yeah, that's very Fantastic good. to, like, it is a good idea to have droppers and that, I find, you know, on race day, um, you know, especially when they're coming through and they've been hit by falcons and all the rest of it and, you know, they get home. There are always you, plenty of times they come home and they're quite toey, so the, they see that, you know, that fantail that they always see and it just gives them that little extra confidence to come straight down and in, so everyone, everyone 
certainly helps. I second that. I reckon, you, yeah, I, I use drop birds myself. I reckon that's a great idea. When you're pairing up your stock birds, uh, do you pair winners to winners or do you try different lines? Oh, look, I like swap. I do like swapping them around. Just, you know, uh, I do change them around a little bit. I do leave a couple of pairs together. Look, I've got a cup, been lucky enough to get it. I've got a couple of pairs there that have, my number one pairs probably bred me 24 fed spots and about six fed winners in five race seasons. So it's pretty hard to split a pair like that up. Um, but uh, as a rule, I like to sort of change them around a little bit and just every year sort of breed something a little bit different that way. Yeah, look, I, I like to sit probably a month before breeding season. I'm always sitting there sort of inside with a pad and a paper and just, you know, putting them down on paper and in my mind, you know, looking at them in my mind and thinking, yeah, that'd probably look good together. So what I usually do a month before, I've been chopping and changing if I like that one together. And then on when, I, when it comes to pairing them up, I already sort of have a really good idea of going to go with what. So it takes it doesn't take too long at all to put the ones I want. And then I basically just look at them as a pair. And if I like what I see, like if they look good together and they take to each other, I, I give them a go. Admittedly, if I sort of breed a pair of youngsters out of them and I don't particularly like them for some reason, like the youngsters don't really come out as nice as I would like them to or just not a type that I like, I'll break them up. That's, that's what I usually do. So Okay. When you... Pairing up birds, do you look at the eyes? Like a lot of people say, eye oh, sign, you know. Are you, uh-huh. are you into that? <laughs> no, look, I, I I can't quite understand um, why people still believe in eye sign. I mean, I can't I I can't look at a at thirty people I don't really know and look in their eyes and know anything about them. So <laughs> how people how people can look at a pigeon's eye and and tell whether it's a breeder or a racer or all the rest of it. I'm not quite sure yet after yeah. forty. Racing, um, to me, it's all about genetics, quite honestly. Um, if you've got, in humans, if, if, if there's a human and he's a very smart human, uh, he's going to pass his genes on through his children. Now, it'll boil down to if he, if he married another very intelligent woman, I'd say there's a, there's a high probability that um, their children are going to be quite intelligent. There might be a few throwbacks and you get the odd d- dummy, but... Um, your chances are pretty high, but if you pair a very smart person with a with a not so smart person, I'm pretty sure there'll be a probably 50-50. So pretty much the same with pigeon racing. I mean, if you've got you know a family of pigeons that have performed you know year after year, um, there's no reason why they won't keep performing. You know, looking at their wings and looking at their at their bums, their tails, and all the rest of it. Quite honestly, uh, to me, that's you know there's a lot of theories out there that float around, but basically, I think it just boils down to genetics and a good pigeon is a good pigeon you know we sit there people won't actually buy a pigeon unless it's a straight herman or a straight this or a straight that at the end of the day uh, to me a pigeon's just an individual bird uh, no matter what it is it's an individual bird it's either it's either got what it takes to race it's and it's either got what it takes to breed and that's basically all there is to it you know you might have you might have you know 10 sisters but all 10 sisters won't be all exactly the same you're going to have uh, you can grade them from one to ten, one being the best one and ten being probably not so good. So to me, it's sort of really you've got to try them, try them out. With my good pairs, I generally, you know, if I I, I might breed ten young ones off a, a very good pair of pigeons, and I might I might put three or four of them straight in stock, only because I know they're already good pigeons to start with, and then I'll basically um, breed out of all of those four birds and the following year I might just breed three out of each of them and the following year I'll race them and let them show me which ones are the others. For me to sit there, you know, 
looking at their wings, looking at their eyes. I don't think I'm going to be able to pick the best one out of them, quite honestly. Yeah, I just wanted to ask Michael, um, I've heard a lot of people saying when I go to, like, you go to different sales and that around town, they go, oh, we never see Michael Portelli here. So the question I want to ask you, Michael, is how do you, do you outsource pigeons or do you just stick with the family of birds that you have and work with that? No, I do go to some sales and um, buy pigeons, but it's, I look at it this way, um, you know, unless you, if you're going to a sale, um, unless someone's having a complete sellout sale, if I, if I went to a sale, it'd be something that was a complete sellout sale from, um, of a good flyer. Um, I would try to get either the best pigeon in his, one of the best pigeon, if he's got a couple, like for, for me, in all lofts, you've basically, I mean, I've got what, 35, 37 pair of stock. I haven't got 37 pair of champion stock. I've got probably lucky enough to have four or five exceptionally good pairs um, that breed me fed spots pretty much every year. Um, Then there's some good pairs and then there's some you're just trying out. But as a rule, people only have a very few excellent pairs that I call very, very good pairs. For me, I'm only interested either getting those pairs or young ones off those pairs. Anything else, really, I've probably got as good in my loft and I'd rather just race after a race season, keep the ones that have actually performed for me. And I've always had very good, you know, very good results doing that. How do you feed your race team uh, during the week and how how much do you feed your race team the day of basketing? Oh, look, I um, feed... Feeding, look, everybody's got their own versions of feeding and, and I think, you know, people can feed all sorts of ways and, and it works for them. You know, I think you basically, you work a system that really works for you. I mean, I, I for me, I can tell people how I feed and all the rest of it, but at the end of the day, I do a lot of changing. Sometimes I'll change things even just day to day. Then I'll see something that I need to address, I address it. But as a rule, look, as a basic rule, I generally like to feed a race mix. Yep. Uh, not, I'm not really into sort of making my own mixes and things like that. I really do sort of prefer to have a mix that I know works well with them. And usually I stick to that. If I've got, I'm happy with the grain I've got, I generally stick to pretty much the same routine. While things are going well, I, I try not to change too much. Keep it simple. So you stay with the same mix from start to finish, or when it gets longer, you add. Oh, look, you do. I do. You, you sort of. I mean. Common sense, as, as, you know, races are getting longer, birds need more fuel and, and you know, things like corn yes. corn and, and those those um, fatty-type grains, you know, help, help to put a bit of energy into them and, and um, you know, uh, when, when you're flying 500 miles and you're on the wing all day, you need as many reserves as you can get. So try to put in some, you know, foods that are good carbo, carbohydrates and, yeah, and try and increase that that energy source for them. Do you let your... I've never, I've never, I've never fed peanuts. A lot of people feed peanuts. For me, I've, I've never fed things like that. Um, oh, okay. Mainly, mainly because I'm always a little bit, bit afraid of... Um, you know, things like that, you have to make sure they're 100% right, that you've got, you know, you haven't got, got um, something that, like with oil-type oil things like peanuts, it's very easy for them to go off and yeah. it's very easy to put pigeons off. I mean, one year there, I think, you know, even rice, people like to give rice and that, and one year there, I thought for the long races, I thought I might just start pumping a bit of rice into them, and I don't know, for some reason, I didn't do too well that day, so... 
that weekend, so that never happened again. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to try. You don't know until you try. It's a bit of trial and, it's a bit of trial and error. Trial and error, yeah. So, but, yeah, look, um, it's with feeding, like I say, you uh, different people use different systems that work for different people, so I think you just sort of really have to find a system that works for you, and if it's working, you know, stick to it, leave it alone and stick to it. Okay, yeah, it's an art. Feeding is an art, you know, like... Look, you know yeah, yourself, yeah. you've been flying for years, but it's an art. Michael, you've, you've said previously that you always go and look for the grain and you don't spare any expense buying good grain. Like, for some novice people, they don't know how to look for good grain. How, how do you look for good grain? Do you get it tested or do... I don't, know how to, I don't know how to look for good grain either. It's so damn hard to come across. <laughs> um, oh, look, you know, usually I, I look at the birds themselves, um, quite honestly. I, if You know, usually if you've got a bad grain, in, you know, in your, in your mix, you I've always found whenever I've had issues with feed, it's very, very hard to get the birds right, and what I mean by right is, you know, you know when pigeons are right, they look good in the loft, they glow, you, you know, they're nice and tight in the feather, they just look good. And I've had instances where I have had bad grain, and you just can't seem to get that. They look seventy-five yeah. percent, you can never get them looking a hundred percent. And um, mm. when I have things like that going wrong, I generally sort of um, look at the grain and, and look at the feed, and might try something different just as a, you know, just to. Ease my ease my um, mind as far as is, is it the grain or is it is it something else I've got to try. And, and if it is the grain, how long does it take the birds from a bad source of grain to a good source of grain to get better in the life? Oh, look, I, I find if you've got bad grain, you, as soon as you change the grain, it doesn't take too long at all. Like, I mean, obviously, look, you get things like air sac and things like that from cooked grain. So obviously if you've had cooked grain, you've got to address the, you know, the issue that you're dealing with and then, and then you know, hopefully get good grain and, um, and it doesn't take them too long to recover after that once you've started, you know, you've medicated them for the health issue that, that, it's, that the bad grain's caused and then hopefully get some, some good grain. You should, you know, you should get them back on track. Do you let, do you let your birds out for a fly the day of basketing or not? Yeah, I like to. I like to fly them on the day of basketing. Yeah. I um, I don't like leaving pigeons locked up. Tend to they tend to sort of they can sort of get a bit stiff at times. So look, people yeah. do. I don't know a lot of people that don't. You know, fly them on basket day. I prefer to basket them. I prefer to fly them on basket day. And also with um, everyone starting to toss now and, and get, get their birds ready. Like, how far would your first couple of tosses be, and how many tosses a week would you give them? You know. Oh, I usually like to go out about 120 k's for my first toss. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. That's the rumours. That's what they go around yes. saying. Yes. Oh, Michael's yeah. out there 100 kilometres every day. Every day. Yeah. I can't. I, I hate tossing at the best of times. I'm going to follow you, Mike. Mick, I'm going to follow you, I think. Trying, trying, trying to beat pigeons home stresses me big time, believe you, me. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we used to toss out the ship. I, if they're flying the loft well, look, I really don't like to muck around too much with them. I, you know, to me, I... Going five k's is pretty much an insult to their intelligence. Quite honestly, you're right. Um, you know, I've been racing for a long time, so I, I, I would like to think there's a, a cal- caliber of pigeon in there that's you know capable of doing reasonable, reasonably well. So if they're working the loft well, you know, training disappearing and working the loft well, I usually go straight out to Greensborough for their first toss, which is about forty odd kilometres to me, and. As a rule, I don't don't have too many problems. So, um, look, occasionally they get into a bit of trouble clashing with other birds. But, again, um, in a city, tossing, 
you shouldn't really run into two. You know, birds should be able to work their way out of it and, and make their way home if they're any good. So generally, if you're having heavy losses, you've most likely got, you know, some sort of health issue going on that you haven't picked up on and, and you need to sort of, you know, look at those things from there. That's very important. Get your birds checked before you start tossing. Very important. Oh, yeah, very. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that too. Um, what, what, do you do to, what do you do, Mick, to motivate your race team to get them home, you know, as fast as you do every week. Hey, if, you live, if you if you if you lived in, if you lived in my backyard and you got looked after, do you'd want to get home? Believe you me. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, there you go. Of uh, course. Look, I just I, I think it's just you know uh, creating that environment that they love and they want to get home to. You know, it's a lot. You got to put a lot of thought into pigeon racing. You know, there's yeah. people who train you know train a lot and get results. There's people who train a little bit and get results. So basically, you've got to you find that system that. One that you can, that one that you're able to do because you know you've got people at work, people that got families that, that you know they've got to juggle a lot of things, and so you've got to find a system that works for you that you can fit in, and you know if you keep their health right and you keep, you know, you try to, to do everything you can do right. I think you, you know, you shouldn't go too far wrong. So it's not, it's got nothing to do with uh, now that I've moved to Altona. Everyone's saying it's the golden triangle. It's a golden triangle. You know, you're living in the golden. And I said, well, you know what? This was last week at the, on the show. I said I'm going to ring Michael Portelli and ask him. You know, I so, reckon, you know, so I'm reckon, asking you, Michael. I reckon, I reckon you should come back to the WPF now that you're living in the Golden Triangle. You should be able to knock me off. <laughs> oh, that's a good challenge. You're about two Ks better off than I am, so you should be good, mate. Would you like to come to the VPO, Mick? Sorry? Would you like to come to the VPO and get me a crack? They, they, they told me I wasn't allowed to come. Yes. Who's they? Oh, you can, yeah. mate. You can. They you said, are allowed. They said, they, they said there was a, um, a boundary and it circled my house for some reason. <laughs> No, that, that, them, <laughs> them, the people that said that are gone. So you're, you're more than so, welcome. But, nah, all no, all jokes aside, yeah. You're, um, no, look, quite honestly, you know, I, you hear all sorts of things. I grew up in Altona so, or North Altona and I worked in Altona all my life. So I can assure you um, when it came to living in Altona, I definitely didn't have the opportunity to sit there saying, oh, I think Altona is going to be the best place for racing pigeons. So I'll go there, you know. From over the 40 years that I've raced, when we had Keelor as a strong club, 26-odd members. Wow. And, um, oh, bloody hard to beat, I can assure you, and it didn't matter where you lived. If they, they had days that suited them, the southwest, you get a lot of predominantly west-southwest winds, northwest winds. The top flyers there were, were there all the time, you know. So yeah. Willie Newport, look, I raced in Willie Newport for a long time myself. I was furthest western flyer in the club. Didn't stop me winning club averages and federation races so i think it really look it really just boils down to trying to have your birds as well as you can do everything you can do to you know get them as well as you can and on the day if you've got them right there's got to be days that suit you and and you'll have your turn well, you the, the, the fellas... I, I never look i never look for excuses i look for it when i'm not flying well i never look for excuses i look for answers oh, they're the only, thing, they're the only things that are going to help me so, look you're not going to you you're not going to you're not going to win every week but at the end of the day you've got to look at it from a point of view that um you know like i mean I fly, when we fly west tracks you know like we i fly when we fly west tracks off the last time we flew the west track i fly even with a lot of the guys up north that are 10 12 k's 14, 15 k's up north, I fly even with them. You know, you, you could say on a southerly wind, the guys up north should win. On a northerly wind, we should win down here. I don't look at it that way. I mean, I've the first race we had that year, we had a, a fairly stiff southerly, and 
I shouldn't have been getting anywhere in the top ten, and and you know I got four together and won the Fed. So you know, I think you have to. Yeah. I mean, they can't. I, I got thro- I got a lot of things thrown at me. It wasn't so much as uh, that, that was a good effort. It was a lot of <laughs> a lot negative, of other negative things that got hit with. Yeah, but, negative things. Um, look, uh, like I say, you know, if you if you get the birds right, there's no reason. There's days where you can't, you know, you can't win, but but those days you can't win. You try to do everything else right and do the best you can do on that day. I look at the guys around me. If I, if you know, if if I'm ten minutes behind, I've got like Charlie Bella lives pretty close to me. Um, you guys in North Altona Meadows live pretty close to me. If I if I'm ten minutes behind guys in my area, no point in me saying oh, they came out of the basket last or you know the wind wasn't blowing my way. End of the end of the day, I'm I'm ten minutes off the pace. Why am I ten minutes off the pace? Fix yeah. the problem. Exactly. You know, so, um, exactly. you know, like I say, uh, golden triangles and all that take too much, <laughs> too much uh, attention. Pay too much attention to that. Quite well, Mick, there's more than one flyer that lives in that area. So, well, look, I'll look at it this way: to get to my place, no matter what track we fly, pigeons have got to come over a lot of pl- lot of lofts to get to me. So, yes. if I can win it. Someone else should be winning it as well if they've got their birds there. Yeah, so, I agree with you too. So I, I, when, I ra- when I raced in the VHA in 2010 for something different, just for a bit of fun, I was one person. Every other organisation was out on the northeast line. The VHA were flying in the northwest line. I had 177 members in the federation that year. I had probably four or 5,000 pigeons for my birds to break out of. Probably got... 14 west southwesterlies or westerly winds that year and uh, probably never seen that many in my life but there were days that you know I, I, I strong northwesterlies i was given some of those guys 60 k's overfly one of the club race 180 miles strong northwest i got eight fed with two on the drop 240 miles the following week it was a roaring roaring north to northwesterly spilly uh, andrew spilliopolis won it i dropped two together and get, got again and got fourth fed you wow. know that's, but there that's are, a good uh, result. Uh, yeah, days, you know, there are days that you know you get westerly winds in those areas, like probably some of the Melton guys. You you know it's going to be hard to win, you know, so you don't expect to to win. But on those days, you try to do the best you can do, you know, in your area on that day. And that's exactly um, right, what Michael. And that's saying. and that's and, and that's all you can do, you know. I mean, and then you know a lot of people still sort of even you know once you get to three fifty miles and onwards. You know, you can't sit there saying, you know, position and then all the rest of it. you really got to have the birds right. And if you haven't got one in that lead group of half a dozen pigeons, because there's generally not more than half a dozen pigeons leading that, leading that pack after 350 miles. So if you've got one, you're going to finish somewhere between first and, first and sixth most likely. If you haven't, that's just the way it is. But you can't say I, I, at 350 miles and onwards, I never, I never, that guy's going to beat me because today's the wind's blowing you know, it's a southwestern. The guy in Kiel is going to beat me. It's, you know, on those days you've just got to have done everything right, and hopefully your pigeon does the right thing on race day. Exactly, exactly. And fellas, uh, I just got to break you right there, and we'll be back right after the break. But uh, we've got sponsors of this program, which I'm very grateful for. The sponsors of this program. Yeah, we got to uh, highlight some of our sponsors. Yellow Drops is now available in Australia and distributed by Natural Pigeon Products. The authentic Yellow Drops is a product used by the great champions in pigeon racing 
for decades. They eliminate almost instantaneously, naturally, the fungi, trichomonas and bacteria existing in the upper digestive and respiratory system. To order your yellow drops now, call Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 or pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat Stock Feed and Farming Supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340-551. Southern FM Sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM Sponsor. You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia. Broadcast from Melbourne, Australia, on 88.3, Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And we were talking to Michael Portelli before the break and Joe was asking him about medicating his birds. Go ahead, fellas. Your race team, sorry, your race team. How often would you rate medicate? Well, look, I try not to medicate too much in the off-seasons, but on the race, you know, on race, during the race season... If I think they're, you know, if I think, if I try to leave them alone, if they're, if their health is, if they look good, I try to leave them alone. If I think they, um, you know, they're not looking like the way they're quite like I'd like them to, to be, um, I'll medicate with what I think might be the issue. You know, I mean, you yeah. can get pigeons tested these days with quite a few people. So, you know, it's not rocket science to get them looked at and say, you know, if you've got coxie, well, you treat them for coxie that week. So, yeah. No, 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 the symptom, no, the symptoms. Maybe I mean, I, like I said, I've been racing a long time, so I sort of tend to when I when things are going wrong, I sort of generally can see with the the look of the birds that something's not quite right, and and I try to address it the best I can, as quick as I can. So I mean, you've got the eye for that, the, all the experience you've got. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, I well, think I think it's just you know observation, keeping an eye yeah. on things, and observing what you can. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a, that's the key. Observation. You're right. Absolutely right. Now, when your birds come back from a race, what do you give them in the water? 
Do you give them any electrolytes or do you just give them what, what's the uh, magic look, potion? No magic potions, mate. I generally even the cocky thing, even the cockatoo thing. That's funny. Uh, Hey, he's, he's going off. Yeah, you've set him off, the cockatoo. <laughs> oh, look, I, I like I like to generally just give them plain water when they're coming home because unless they've unless they've been you know all day on the wing and then you you might give them some electrolytes and something to pick them up a little bit. But for me, I'll, I'd I'd rather they have a good long drink when they get home. And sometimes you know we put so many different things in their water, your, your birds tend to start to not even wanting to drink because they've got so much crap in their water. So I've got all week to get that pigeon back, you know, yeah, back up again. Yeah. So for me, I'd rather him just have a nice, good, long drink of water and sit there resting and trying to recover. Fair enough. So I know people who give them all sorts of things, but there's vitamins, <laughs> there's, there's vitamins of all sorts out there. So oh, there's, um, oh, much, sure, there's lots of products out there, isn't there? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, something you can give them that, yeah. How would how would how would you describe a fit pigeon? A fit pigeon or a sick pigeon? Fit. Fit. We know what fit? a sick pigeon looks like. Sick. Oh, we... oh, oh. <laughs> no, a fit. Well, fit. Look, yeah. How would you describe? I'm, it? I mean, look. You you um you tend to get a feel for pigeons. You know, like when you're handling them. You know, I'll be I might be basketing my pigeons on. You know, on basket night and you tend to pick up certain pigeons and you you sort of automatically sort of say oh shit that felt good you know what I mean it's just that nice handling light light buoyant bird you pick up that's a little bit different to the others and it just sort of tickles your fancy so to speak and that's the way I sort of you know I mean look sometimes they look good and you know in the loft they're bouncing around from perch to perch other times they sit quietly but like I say sometimes for myself I I, I pick a bird up on I might you know you're picking 40 birds out for racing and you'll always pick up that handful of pigeons that um, you know just feel that little bit better and and you like you like to send those sort of particular birds yeah what was your memorable moment in pigeon racing my memorable moment yes oh. there's so many I know pick one <laughs> oh, yeah. they're, they're all they're all they're all nice and they're all memorable you know I mean I, I can go back 20 years and you know I won, I won a 600 in I won four 600s over the last sort of wow that's awesome. 20 odd years and, and about the same in 500 mile races but I can probably picture each and every one of those pigeons coming home even today so but look I, I would probably say um there's been, there's been a fair few like it's it's. <laughs> I know it's hard to pick. I not, look, I, there's one 600 mile race I really always sort of sticks out a little bit. You know, um, back goes back 2003 rung pigeons 2004 season. I had um, it was a 600 mile race. We were hoping to get them on. You know, on the day they were we flew the 500 mile and we got very light winds, almost very still, very still winds with a very very light easterly and. They got home, you know, around about five o'clock mark. So I can remember uh, basketing that Wednesday night, and I they were on song. Like I, I, th- I think I finished third and fourth in the five hundred. I I placed in the top five in all the four hundreds that year. They were just pretty much on fire, and nice. I won the produce with two on the drop. And anyway, they so they were, they were really on song. But I I, I hadn't won a six hundred at that stage, and. I remember basketing the birds. Thanks, Cocky just bit me on the finger a little bit. I'm ignoring him, you see. So, yeah, so I, I remember I remember handling the birds for the 600, and I'm very superstitious. I hate jinxing myself and saying things that you know might jinx myself. And but I can honestly remember just 
picking up the pigeons and every pigeon I picked up, I thought, geez, that bloody feels nice. And I basketed a team of pigeons and um, I think I'd sent about 30 birds to that 600. It was a, we had a lot of birds that year for some reason left over. I think 20, 2,200 birds went to our 600 that year. So True. a lot of, a lot of pigeons. Big race for a 600. So, yeah, it was a very, yeah. very big big number of pigeons and um, we were waiting for the birds and I, I actually thought to myself at the time, I thought we'd gone up 15 minutes earlier than we did in the 500. We got absolutely exactly almost identical conditions and I thought to myself um, quarter to five, I think it was quarter to five, we clocked in the 500, quarter to six, something like that anyway. And I thought to myself, well, the conditions are exactly the same and I thought, well, if they can get to that 500 mile mark at the same time, they'll have another two and a half hours of daylight, which will put them, put them very, very close on the day to do that last 100 miles. Anyway, it got sort of later and later. There were a couple of there were a couple of um, faults there that turned out turned out to spoil the race a little bit because of some like a couple of guys said they clocked it and they hadn't actually clocked, uh, which I'm not sure really why people do that. But um, yeah, and they, they were they were they were an absolute like clocking at the five o'clock mark, and I thought now nah, something doesn't sound right about that because there's no way known they could have been doing those velocities on those on that particular day. And I knew the VHA were on the northwest line as well, and I knew they were up at 500 miles. So I, I ring a couple of guys in the VHA, and they said. No, they hadn't clocked, and I thought, well, if they haven't clocked, there's no way near, from 500 miles, there's no way out. No, our guys could have clocked from 600. So, in the back of my mind, it was sort of still there, but I thought, no, I don't think that was that was too true, you know. So, waited and waited, and it actually got almost dark. The sun had gone down, and you've got that sort of last four or, four or five minutes where you say, oh, if I don't get one in the next four or five minutes, it's over, you know. And and all of a sudden, I just heard a, like a like a fighter jet come across the lot, like just wow. absolutely like a it come like an absolute bullet done a half a circle and the phone I was on the phone at the time the phone I think ended up in my next door neighbour's house <laughs> and um, I screamed oh, shit I got one and anyway this thing just circled and went straight onto actually no she, she circled and landed on the floor outside and I, I raced in to get I raced up to the loft and, and no as it circled actually I raced to the loft to bloody um, to grab another dropper and as I raced to the loft I slid the door across it I like to open it fully and I bloody pulled it off the hinges and it fell and crashed onto the floor I thought oh, oh sorry oh no oh no so I and anyway this bird land, still ended up land, landed on the landing on the floor and she, I, I scared her into the flying and she was hanging on the wire because it was pretty much dark and it was hanging on the wire and I thought, shit, I've got to try and catch her. If she flies out, I'm, I'm done for. So I managed to grab hold of her and clock her, but my heart was racing a million miles an hour and I didn't didn't know of um, too many people other than those, those false alarms that had been sort of sent in there. So... Uh, but anyway, cut a long story short, um, turned out there were only two birds on the day. I think Robert Sagers had one and I had one myself and ended up winning the Fed. And the good thing was wow. it was a hen, that, a hen that landed with my produce winner earlier that year. And the, the following morning, um, I think I ended up with, I had another three on the drop at eight, at eight minutes past five. Wow. And by, by 21 minutes past five, I ended up with I think I think I had um, I think I had around about oh about nine, nine or ten nine or ten birds home by you know within within half an hour. So I thought, geez, they really had to be on song for sure. So um, it was probably one of my most memorable moment, moments. But um, as I said, there's been a lot of good good memories with them. So that's awesome, Mick. That was an awesome story. I love that. So yep. where, where do you see pigeon racing in ten years, mate? <laughs> oh, well. uh, look, look. I think 
unfortunately, as people get older, you know, you get to that stage. There's unfortunately the pigeon uh, game. There are, you know, people who love to do the sport and they do it all their lives. But we do have, you know, in especially in a few different organisations, we've got them in our organisations as well, where guys are getting into their, you know, late 70s and early 80s. And it's not that they don't want to race pigeons. I'm sure they, they would love to race pigeons till, you know, the day they die. But unfortunately, pigeon racing does get harder and harder to manage and, and look after birds and the cost of things isn't helping either so look there's always um you know we're always losing members to those things costs unfortunately affect things in a big way especially i think even even at present you know the way things are going at present you've got you know fuel through the roof you've got inflation with things going up left right and center people with families and young kids and all the rest of it they've got to put first so I think the next couple of years, not 10 years, not 10 years from now, I think the next couple of years are going to be a bit of a challenge. But I think we as flyers need to do everything in our power to, you know, try and keep things, you know, at a, at a bare minimum and, 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 and keep costs down as best we can. That's why I sometimes get a little bit, you know, disappointed. I hear, you know, people, you know, there's vaccines now for salmonella, there's vaccines for now herpes virus and vaccines for... Yeah. Access for everything, you know, and you know the cost of pigeon racing is is through the roof as it is, and quite honestly, um, things like PMV, yeah, you got no choice. It's a ninety, you know, ninety ninety percent mortality yeah. rate, and so you you don't have choice. You 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 have to vaccinate for things like that. But uh, a few years back, when they were talking about salmonella vaccinations, um, I thought, geez, I'm sick of bloody vaccinating pigeons. You know, it's ridiculous. So you got to, you're vaccinating for this, for that. I, you know, I knew some guys were vaccinating, and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just see how things go. If, um, if those guys next year wipe the floor with me, and you know, my losses are much, much greater than theirs, and I uh, said, so I'll, I'll think about it the following year. But uh, I didn't vaccinate for that, and uh, I looked at how I, I flew, and you know, my returns compared to other guys, and I couldn't see any difference whatsoever. You know, I still had a very good year and they were losing pigeons just the same. So for me, I, I, I don't, um, you know, things like that, I don't really think they're necessary. So, yeah, again, just trying to keep costs down uh, in the pigeon sport to, to try and keep people in the best we can. So with keeping costs down, do you think it's a great idea that maybe all feds eventually should get together? Not eventually, the sooner the better. Oh, uh, look, I think, you know... <laughs> there'll come a time where there is no choice. You know, you're going to have very small numbers in all federations and, and the cost of things are not going to go down. Transport, I can't see transports, you know, never got, it's never got cheaper. It's always gone up. So, you know, people need to get their heads together, um, use some common sense. I mean, look, people are always saying about, you know, long races, you know, in, in the longer races, we should all be transporting together. But we seem to run into the same headaches every year where you know everyone's on a different track everyone's got different ideas about this that and the other for me it's not rocket science you've got a five and six hundred mile race which is five and six hundred miles is is whatever direction you fly it it's five and six hundred miles and position plays shouldn't play any part in it whatsoever you either got them or you don't get them Uh, you know there's such variations in time in those races so why not pick Say a north track for argument's sake. If 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 the north track is a fairly straight line, you know it's the, probably one of the fairer tracks as far as a five and six hundred mile race goes. 
race it always from the north track and get all five or four or five organisations, however many we've got, yeah. uh, all on the truck at five and four, five and six hundred miles, and and you know they they are two biggest races that cause you know that that hold the biggest costs because of the distance. So it's not hard to work out, but the the logistics of it normally buggers us up because you've got like I say federations all flying different tracks and all the rest of it, but. If we pick an eye, a picker for the fives and six hundreds, pick a line that everybody's most people are happy with. You can't please everyone, but like I say, five and six hundred miles shouldn't be a positional race. So it's a matter of you know everybody agreeing to go on that particular track. You could use one transporter to get you know five and the, to the five and to the six. They all go up together. The birds have got plenty of cover, which which helps the pigeons immensely to even get home. It can be worked out, you know. So it just takes a little bit of um, people sitting down and you know, a bit of common sense and and coming up with a solution that should work. Yeah, well, I know next year I think they're trying to uh, have the four, five, and six together. Let's fingers crossed that happens because I think that's a great idea. What advice would you give? A new flyer. New flyers, um, you really need to sort of get into the sport with, you know, you don't want to come into the sport and try to be like everyone else, keeping, you know, 200 pigeons and try to, you know, um, I think you get into it, you, you get in small to start with, try and get yourself, you know, a handful of very good pigeons if you can. You know, it's no, a, lot, a lot of people, you know, there are plenty of, pe- plenty of people there that will help you out in the pigeon sport, but genuine people that will help you out. I think you really need to try and get hold of good pigeons early on if you possibly can. Don't go too big with numbers and all the rest of it. At the end of the day, if you win a couple of races, you should be over the moon as a new flyer. So my advice to a new flyer would be don't try and get a load of pigeons and, and, and breed and all the rest of it. Try and get yourself five or six pigeons to start with and try and get as good of pigeons as you possibly can get. Breed yourself a, a small team of pigeons and, and work from there. And if, if you're getting results and you're enjoying it, you'll probably you'll learn as you go and you'll be able to hopefully stay in the sport long enough to get as good as a lot of the other guys that are good flyers. Well, actually, actually we are talking about that today. A guy who's just, uh, his name's John Veloff. He, he's just starting up with pigeons and he just rang me and goes, oh, a bloke's getting rid of pigeons, getting out of pigeons and wants to give them to me. As long as, you know, he's... A- the, trouble is, the trouble is with pigeon with pigeon racing, it's it's a, it's a full, it can be a very full-time sport. So, you know, especially if you're carrying a lot of pigeons, so it's you've got to put a lot of time and effort into them and, and looking after a lot of pigeons is hard work. I don't know how guys do, you know, over, over 200 pigeons does would do my head in, you know, but with a, a new flyer, if, if he has too many pigeons, he's not going to be able to manage them. It's going to cost him an arm and a leg. And when he's on the arse end of the Fed every week, he's soon going to sort of say, well, I'm putting all this time and effort into it all this work with these birds and he's not going to get the results he, he's aiming for and he's going to think, you know, pigeon racing isn't all uh, what it looks like for other people. It just isn't isn't that for him, for them, you know. So I think if they get into it in a smaller way, get some, just get a handful of very good pigeons if they can. There are plenty of guys that will help people out and be genuine enough to give them good pigeons. Get into it in a, a not-so-big way and I think they'll enjoy it, enjoy it immensely and um, believe they'll stay in it. Hey, listen, it was an uh, awesome interview. Thank you very much, Mick. One one question. Uh, the, the... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not helping you too much, mate. You're in a 2K better position than me in the Golden Triangle. So I'm writing everything down, everything down. I'm going to study this. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no. That'll depend on you know, how they go, mate. So Not if I join it, they'll be careful. Yeah. <laughs>
What was that, sorry? He said not if he joins the WPF. Look uh, at him right now. If, if he joins the WPF, like I say, he's, uh, he's in a 2K better position than me as far as the Golden Triangle, so oh he, he, might, he might be right there. Come and give me a crack at the VPO. Come on. I've, I've, won, I've won a few aggregates there. Come on. Come and give me. You want, you want me to? Yes, yeah, please. That's what he wants. I'm challenge. Right, challenge. All right, mate. But don't get upset if you don't win. I'm not going to get upset. I know what I'm going to buy you. If you win, I'm going to buy you best, the beautiful bottle of scotch. Don't you worry about that. All right, mate. I'm, uh, well, if our, if, our board lets us, if our board lets us race in two organisations, which I'm not actually for. Why aren't you for that? Because I'm my opinion that. on that one is, this just my opinion on that, Michael, is that we should be encouraging pigeon racing, not discouraging pigeon racing. Well, all right. Do you want me to tell you the, the, the good points and the bad points, all right? That's what I Oh, you yeah, do. yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Like, like, all right, for me, if you're going to race two organisations, the first thing the first thing people are going to do is carry a lot more pigeons for starters because now they've got to race in two organisations, so as a rule, going to keep more, more pigeons. Keeping more pigeons is going to lead to, unfortunately, council problems, which we have a lot of problems with these days. You can't you can't be really in suburbia. A lot of guys live in suburbia, so you know all of a sudden you've got 300 pigeons flying around your loft. I don't think that goes down too well with a lot of people. So I think it encourages uh, council problems and things like that. One, two, you, you end up with a lot of dramas at, at the federations as well because unfortunately, you know, if someone's flying two lofts, you can't can't be at two federations at the same time. We had you know a couple of guys doing that at one stage before. You know, we heard nothing but the club that they belong to, Wingen, where are they, where are they, da-da-da-da. So it created sort of those dramas as well. And also I think if you're trying to keep members in your own organisation, if you're flying, for argument's sake, um, VPU VP and WPF at, uh, as an organisation, you'll find, one, it'll take birdage from each federation away because now the guys have to split their birds in, in, in two teams. So each organisation's going to lose birdage to the other. You'll also end up with a situation where if someone flying very well in one organisation but not the other, well then they're going to start to focus their attention a lot more to that particular federation and then the next year when he's realised this flying two lofts is bloody hard work and it is, I can, um, he's going to say well I'm not flying two lofts next year and one of those organisations is going to lose that that fly to the other organisation. So for me, I just think I can't see too many positives in it, quite honestly. So for me, it's probably going to lose you members. It's going to cause a lot of headaches in a lot of areas. So for me personally, I just think it's not that good an idea. No, that's fair enough. Fair enough. My, posi- my positives are, my positives are, and I, and I respect your opinion. Everyone's, you know, entitled to their yep. opinion. You know, another federation gets another member. You don't breed too many pigeons. You, like, we all start with 120 or 150, so you split well, them. We've all got split. too many birds anyway. That's right. Oh, start, so when you start when you start tossing that, you, if you start with 100, you split them, 50-50, whatever. And you, you, gain, you gain membership for, for the other federations. You know, for both, if, if the bloke wants to pay two memberships, Good luck to him. And I understand that you need, obviously, two people. You need a partnership. You'd have to have a partnership because you have to be there. Like Husband big, and wife. Like Michael Snuck Mick said, you've got to be there because otherwise people start. But if, as long as they've got to be there, drop the clocks off and everything. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know. That's just, to me, they're doing it now, right? They're doing it now. We've got members that are doing it. And 
there seems yeah. to be no issue. So I don't yeah. know. That's look. I mean, I look. I mean, you give you give everything. You can give anything a go. But like yeah. I say, I, I can just see that it that it will. Like I say, people unfortunately aren't going to raise fifty pigeons in one organisation and fifty in the other. They're going to breed one hundred and fifty for that organisation and one hundred and fifty for that organisation. Like you're saying, they've got a lot of pigeons, so that's what they'll do. But like I say, for me, it's like I look at it in football. You don't have players playing for two teams, do you? You have um, uh, no. they're focusing all their efforts on. Um, Michael, Ma- Michael, when you're raising two federations, you, you testing your birds better. Because your birds, if you were raising in one federation, you're only competing with that federation. But when you're raising with two, you testing your birds better. All that's going to happen, Tony, is you're going to send more pigeons away, basically. So you're testing them in that regard. But yeah, but uh, say if I've got 200 birds, right? I'm racing with WPA. Now mm. then 200 birds, I can't race it pro- the proper way. You can, 100 you can. and 100 with two federations, then birds are racing every week. You could fly two lofts in the same organization. It's no different. Yeah, I'm doing that, man and my son. So you're going to test them yeah. anyway. But, yeah, look, but I mean, that's just my, look, that's just my opinion. Yeah, Generally, as a rule, you'll you'll probably if I'm getting if I'm getting all the praises in one organisation because I've flown so well, and in the other organisation I didn't really do that well. So I'm, you know I'm not really getting too many pats on the back. When it comes to making a decision which organisation I'm going to go to, I'm probably going to go to where I got the pats on the back. So yeah. um, look, like I say, I think to an organisation, I think it lead to. Losing members, yes, you could gain a few members by people racing two lofts and 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 coming to another organisation. But I don't, quite honestly, I don't see that many people flying two organisations. I think you know, just the work and effort it takes to race in one organisation is 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 full on. You know, let alone let alone trying to race in two. At the end of the day, um, there is pros and cons, and you know what. As long as we're all happy and we're racing pigeons, that's the main thing. You know, that's the main thing. thing. Yeah. But if they let if they let us race into organisations, I'll come and visit you in the VPA. Man. <laughs> well, you don't have to. You don't come. Well, you don't have to. You just let them do it. Just but, let I'm, them but, do I'm it. Gonna, but I'm going. But I'm actually. But I'm. I'm actually going to be smart about it and not race into organisations. I'm just going to fly in the VPO. Good man. So I can so I can focus all my my efforts on beating you every week, mate. That's well, it's amazing. Not me. So. It's not, not only me, but uh, <laughs> I'd love to. It'd uh, be awesome. There's, a, there's, a, there's actually another downfall of there's another downfall of racing to organisations. What's that? Same as what people do when they fly two lofts. You make it very, very, very hard to win an average because oh, yeah. it's like black. It's like blackjack. What do a lot of people do? They get two tens instead of saying, "Shit, I've got a 95% chance of winning that hand." Say, "I'm going to split that. I might get two another two tens and win twice." And then they go from a 95% chance of winning that hand to a 50%. Chance of winning that hand. So to me, it's the same in in racing. You fly two lofts, you have to split your team in half, and one team goes to one team uh, to on one team, and the other a lot of pigeons goes on your other team. So unfortunately, you're going to have good pigeons in both teams. They're competing against each other rather than with each other to help you win an average. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. 
point. I, I'll just say one thing. I tried to do two lofts, and when it come to the t- time that you had to put the chip rings on the on the birds and split all the birds in your clock, I thought, no, nah, bugger this. I'm not doing it. Like I say, it does. I, I, I look. I, I like to sort of see how things go, and you see people racing two lofts, and you know, like I say, many people have flown two lofts and not many stick with it because it is it is a heavy workload it really is oh my goodness the clocks the chips yeah. it's, it's just yeah no it's too hard i reckon but i mean but i mean you guys vote for it and it'll go through mate so that's it that's, 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 it. To do. that's all we're gonna do just put, yeah. put a vote in I'm, Ivan, so I'm, out, I'm, out, I'm out of the board mate i can't stop you hey talking about that and congratulations <laughs> you did a good job too while you were there mate just want to say a pat oh, on no, back look, to I'm, you and Alison. you guys did I well was there. we were we were there 11 years or so yeah. and i'm happy we left the the organisation in a in a good place. So um, look, there's some good guys there running it at the moment. Hopefully, yeah. all things go well. That's right. And um, you know, wish you, wish them all the best. Yeah. And, and, and you said you left, so that means you come to the VPO. <laughs> <laughs> he said I left. left. Yeah. This guy's on a, on a membership drive, I think, Michael. He's on a me- <laughs> Joe, Joe's, Joe's, always, Joe's always on a membership drive. <laughs> Nah, you're a good man, Mick. Thank you very well, much. Well, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you what. When you get to sixty or seventy members, I might come over. There you go. See Is that you a go. promise? I'll promise. There's okay, a, cha- next, there's a challenge for you, Angelina. I'll see you next year. <laughs> All right, mate. No, I'm serious. I'll see you next year. <laughs> no worries. The trouble, is, the, trouble, the trouble is, if I join, you might lose a few then. No, 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 no. No, it doesn't work like that. We need champions, more champions. Where am I? Hey, Mick, all, listen, it was amazing talking to you, and it always is. Thank you very much for coming no on the worries. show, and we'll have you uh, on a few. You know, oh, no worries, he'll no be much. winning feds, mate. He'll be yeah, back. Don't worry about that. Take it. Don't, don't jinx me, Ivan. <laughs> oh, Ivan, he, you know, he doesn't, he, he doesn't like that. No? He, yeah, he's very I'm yeah, not jinxing him, mate. No, I'm, 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 I'm very superstitious, yeah, mate. He's probably going to he's going cross, getting the cross and everything. No, I've got one of those. I've got one of those. Um, those, um, yeah, the horns. Yeah, the horns. And we've come to the end of another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia and I've got to say goodbye to my good mate Joe Angelino here. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, Ivan. It was another great show and uh, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, and we'll catch you next week. And to Tony Barbara, happy birthday once again for Sunday and uh, goodbye to you, mate. Goodbye, Ivan. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, all the listeners and goodbye to everybody around the world. Goodbye, Tony, and happy birthday. And we'll catch you all next week. All right, catch you next week. Same time, same station, here on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, for the only and the original devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Cheerio. Stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon, stop the pigeon.